So I think that there's real value here in these intergenerational connections. And here's the key piece of it, Anna. The more engaged and included older adults are, the healthier they live. And that is a proven science. So there are very cost-effective ways of having a healthy aging than medicines. host and Emily Kin. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. Today, our special guest is Shainor Koja. Shane, for short, is a global change maker and a serial entrepreneur. One of her crowding achievements was leveraging the technology to create a telemedicine system in Afghanistan, enabling talent-strapped hospitals to train doctors and nurses and tap the expertise of the medical experts outside the country. With an incredible multicultural background, she now lives in Portugal, my country of origin, where she's currently developing Thriving.ai, a digital platform to keep seniors connected and engaged with their families and caregivers. Welcome to the Mindset Zone, Shane. Thank you so much, Anna. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. And, uh, by reading what you are doing now, you speak a lot about this sandwich generation. Can you start by defining it, please? Sure. Anna, the sandwich generation are people like you and me. You know, within the ages of 35 and 65 years, the main thing being that we're looking after children, they may be grown up, as well as elder parents. And it's surprising that this sandwich generation is spreading so far out. 12% of sandwich generation are actually over the age of 72 years. And the younger millennials make up 19%. So it's quite interesting this idea of aging and supporting at both ends of the spectrum. It's the idea that we are in between still, okay, young kids and the aging parents, and we are in the in between. And because of, thank God, the lifespan is much uh, bigger than before. And a motherhood is also delayed in many cases. So that creates this interesting dynamic. Exactly. And I think that, you know, what's so interesting about this is that whilst this is a specific problem, it has huge wider societal issues. If you think about the age groups that I just quoted, right, caregiving is coming upon individuals at the peak of their careers, either a growth peak or actual peak. And one in three individuals are having to leave the workforce, which is costing employers in excess of $38.6 billion a year. And in addition to that, obviously, if you're juggling at both ends 
and not able to maintain your financial resilience, that's going to create a future impact as well. So there are very interesting dynamics going on right now that we should be really cognizant of. And I presume this accentuate gender issues even more. So, I mean, there are a large number of male caregivers, so hats off to them. But the dynamics are that 70% of caregivers are women. And so, therefore, it's a double whammy for them because, as you know, women's careers are more impacted at the C-suite level. And then on top of that, if you've got these other issues in life that you're coping with, uh, the impact can be quite um, significant. That make all the progress that has been made the more challenging even for the woman to lean in in certain leadership positions in the back of her mind is all responsibilities in the house and the, with the parents and all of that, that complicates things even more. It's, it's interesting you talk about this, Anna, because one of the sort of driving forces around the check-in function in, in the application was exactly this, right? You'd be in, in an office meeting, running a meeting often, and the phone rings, right? And you can see it's mum. Now, if you stop and answer it, you become that employee that's looking after her mum that's always stopping meetings. And if you ignore it, then 10% of your brain is elsewhere, which is why the check-in functionality nicely tells you how mum is doing. So if she's red, you're going to pick up that phone. But if she's green or amber, you know that this can wait 30 minutes and then you can delve into it. It's subtle. Um, but I think, you know, when we built this, we built this with the pain points and the users consulted so that we were building something that they could use and find really helpful. And I want to be speaking more about your app in a moment, thriving.ai. Before going there, because you developed this as an entrepreneur and starting up something new because there was a need out there. Yes, the sandwich generation, the need of taking care and all this challenge, like you are giving the example of running a meeting and then there is a, a call and is this really urgent or just um, something that can wait that half an hour? So let's speak a little bit about that challenge of aging nowadays, mainly in the Western countries. So, Anna, we're living in a rapidly aging world globally. Already there is almost 1 billion people over the age of 60, and this is going to rise to 2.1 billion by 2050. And like you said at the beginning, the, the fact that we're living longer is a huge achievement. But it's not about quantity of life. It's about quality of life that's really important. And 90% of older adults want to age in place and not in institutions or in hospital settings. And sadly, today, 52% of older adults, 65 and above, have two or three comorbidities. So either respiratory, diabetes, cardiovascular, osteoarthritis, whatever it is. And I think one of the key things that we really need to address as a society 
is that our healthcare system is built on a fee-for-service basis. So it's absolutely excellent when you are sick. It will treat you and get you well, but it lags in prevention. And, you know, a dollar invested in prevention gives you three ROI dollars in the long run. And I think this is something as we age, we are really going to have to pay attention to. I will go there, argue that absolutely. And uh, we, the sandwich generation, I think we really have to think about this for the urgent need now and for us in the future, to be honest with you. How do we want to spend the last decades of our life? And we, of course, we don't want to be a burden in any way for our own kids. So how are we building that future is what I think, even in terms of senior living. Yes, like you're saying, most people prefer to be uh, spending the last decades of their lives in their own home. But even if they want to downsize, that is so typical, for instance, here in the United States, uh, mainly in the Western area of the United States, you down, what is the assistant living? It's just a warehouse where people go. It doesn't make any sense. It's so much knowledge, so much um, potential that is still there that people can do that I think we are not tapping into it. I agree, Anna. You know, there, there seems to be a focus on youth that is unequal. You know, the experience, the knowledge, the reminiscence of older adults is really interesting. We, we did an experiment of this where we invited older adults and younger adults, adults between the ages of 20 and 35, and we matched them with adults 60 and above. And we put 10 topics up on the wall and we asked them to pick three that they wanted to talk about. And we just randomly matched the individuals for a 15 minute conversation. The interesting thing that came out of it was for seven minutes, they talked about the topic. And then the remaining seven, eight minutes, they got very intimate with each other. And on a debrief at the end, the older people said, gosh, I didn't know my knowledge could help younger people so much. I want to do more of this and give back. And younger people said, gosh, it was lovely to speak to another individual as old as my grandma to actually understand life stories, right? Life learnings and just how to interact with an older adult. So there's so much value. And within weeks, you know, the older people were bringing sandwiches and stuff and the old, the younger kids were bringing their tech gadgets to teach the older adults. So I think that there's real value here in these intergenerational connections. And here's the key piece of it, Anna, the more engaged and included older adults are, the healthier they live. And that is a proven science. So, you know, there are very cost-effective ways of having a healthy aging than medicines. Yeah, and uh, it's, we, we have that uh, in society, the thing about that if we forget story, we are deemed to repeat it, but in a mic micro, micro level, 
in terms of generation, if we can enrich a lot the young generation of not do some mistakes, if we learn from the older generations, and we are putting people in silos in many ways that there is not that common playground for people to interact, mainly in the Western world, that I think we are losing a lot because of it. The health, of course, but also the the body of work, the body of knowledge, the body of experience that uh, having that diversity, we speak so much now diversity and inclusion, but th- this is part of the diversity equation, bring different generations together. Absolutely, Anna. I mean, if you look at some cultures, and I can speak from an Indian orientation because that's where I come from, you know, there's much more family integration And there you really see the bonds that are close between grandma and, you know, granddaughter and so forth. It's all the cultural things, right? It's sending down the recipes, the the sort of herbal methods of dealing with sprains or colds or flu or whatever it is, you know. It's also looking at the old black and white photos and it, it builds bonds that go way beyond Uh, you know, what you can read about or learn on the internet. People become whole and real. And I think it's this kind of connection. So, you know, this is another principle that I've taken very close to heart. A lot of individuals think that technology can replace human contact. I, for one, don't believe that's the right way. I believe that the technology can help assist us to do better, to actually increase interactions uh, and help ease some of the stresses of everyday life so that you can actually focus on the content of your interaction. love that distinction because the, the, the technology is a tool. Uh, it's good or bad depending on how you use it. Um, and uh, we absolutely have to be, now we know more than before about the the pitfalls of it uh, and we can take more advantage of the good things and and be more aware of the things to avoid because and and but going back still before going there to the technology and how it is part of the solution, Another thing that I was thinking when you're speaking about the importance of the different generations to interact and to learn from each other, I think one of the things that when we interview uh, people of a certain age, they they have a different perspective in life and they say, if I knew now what I knew then, I will give more priority of this and that. And I think that are important lessons to take. And and one of the lessons many times is taking better care of ourselves. And I think as in this generation in between, I think that is a lesson that we urgently need to take at heart. How are we taking care of ourselves when we face these so many challenges? I would say almost 90% of those participants that participated would recognize that, you know. Uh, it came across in different comments, like what I get in my degree or whether I get a bonus this year um, is not going to matter 10 years from now. And I think the real reflection from people that were older It was all about, you know, their legacy. What had they left behind? Whether it was bringing up a young adult, 
um, that's successful in life, whether it was contributing their voluntary work, whether it was, you know, writing, whatever it was, it wasn't so much the monetary gain. Um, it was much more around how it made them feel fulfilled. And I think that is a lesson that we could all learn um, from older adults because, you know, ultimately, sadly, or maybe not so sadly, when you go six foot under or, you know, you, you're gone at the end of life, there's nothing you can take with you. And and at the same time, they can leave learnings and legacy behind. And when again, in many ways, I always, when you're speaking now, I was just thinking again about the, one of my favorite uh, people that inspire me a lot, uh, Viktor Frankl and the, his book and his work on in the search for meaning, in the search for a purpose. Because I think at the end of the day, yes, having money solves some, some basic problems without any doubt and helps a lot. We are not denying that, but after a certain uh, level, we know that happiness does, is not correlates with it. And we really, as a society, have to cultivate what is our mission here? What is our purpose here? How can we live more full, more full lives and enjoy th this miracle that is being alive, that we are here in this beautiful, beautiful, amazing planet? So because sometimes uh, people speak, oh, explore the space and other things. Wonderful. But we have this miracle of life in this beautiful planet that is a miracle in itself. Why are we not enjoying it more and make sure that more people can uh, take advantage of it? I, I agree, Anna. And I think, again, I go back to some of the simple remedies for our issues, right? When you think about the greenery in the world, when you think about the outdoors, you know, a coastline, listening to the waves, all of these things are simple things that one can enjoy and appreciate in life. And I think as you age, you know, it's the lack of uh, mobility that creates isolation and some loneliness. And I think if you can learn from what has happened in the past and where, you know, um, some of these sort of uh, situations have arisen where individuals are kind of grouped together just by age, a chronological age or ability. And, you know, look at that and look at ways in which you can prevent and avoid uh, ending up with that kind of a scenario. And if you are in that scenario, build your network around you so that you can access some of these things. Because we can see that, you know, the outdoors has huge value for older adults. Things like gardening has a massive impact on mental well-being and also physical mobility and well-being. So, you know, whether if gardening's not your thing, maybe it's walking. You know, today you can walk anywhere, most places, and you'll bump into somebody with a dog or somebody reading a paper or a magazine. And it's a, 
a reason to communicate and connect with another human being. And that's really what life is all about. I always remember this saying that life is just merely a bunch of meetings and partings. I love that. And that is part that you create thriving.ai. It's a, it's a tool to facilitate that connection, a tool to facilitate the community. So can you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. So, you know, one thing about thriving AI is sort of to deal with the coordination and complexity of care. But on the other side, there's the issue of connection, communication, learning. These are all things that everyone involved in care can benefit from. And so within the app, you know, we very quickly realized that older adults wanted to learn new things. You know, and so we have something called learning journeys where individuals can go and do a 30 minute or a 45 minute learning schedule and anything from doing an indoor garden to learning how to paint or to meditate, etc. We also have something called skill swap. It's coming along early part of next year, and that's building on the example I gave earlier of older and younger adults connecting uh, over special interests. Um, and of course, you know, the ability within the app to access information and resources, things that can also help you, um, Anna, because I think, you know, what we are doing is bringing not just the care recipient resources, but the caregiver resources. And that is important because when you are caregiving, it's very much like being on an airplane with a child. When a crisis hits, they tell you, you need to put your own oxygen mask on first, and then you can help others. And today, many caregivers are really suffering because they care so much for their loved one that their own health and welfare drops to number two. And that is not good. It's not good for them and it's not good for their loved ones because if they're not well enough, they can't look after their loved one. Absolutely. And so, and so this app also has uh, for the caregiver, like tools for the caregiver to take care of himself or, or herself? Exactly. So uh, within the app, there's the ability for them to access resources. And they are, you know, often around how to take a break, how to engage your employer so that you can uh, benefit from some of the employer's benefits that are available today, or, you know, how to just time out, meditate, what to do in a crisis situation, you know, having all those conversations with your parent early on before a crisis hits is so important because when crisis hits, you're in sort of firefight mode, right? And you're not in the best mental state and nor is your parent. But if you've thought about it and talked about it early on, then you can deal with it more methodically. It's still hard, Anna, but you can deal with it and you have a plan in place. 
you're not second guessing yourself. Would mom have wanted this or not? Absolutely. And I'm very curious what will be the results that you are going to get of that information swap, expertise swap, because I think that is fascinating, even going back to the purpose thing, because then gives them a purpose that is so, so valuable. So very curious to see how th that will come out and evolve. So where can people learn more about this, where they can enlighten and learn, um, open their horizons on this? So I think that there are three great ways, Anna. <clears throat> One is they can visit the website, which is www.thriving.ai and explore the app. And they can reach out to me through the website link. Uh, I'd be more than happy to engage with them. They can download the app from either of the app stores and it's free access so they can explore it and use it, give me comments. I'd be very excited to hear from them. And then we have two groups on Facebook and on LinkedIn. So that's another way that they can engage with us. Um, if you're a caregiver, if you're a thriver, that's what we call our care recipients. Uh, whoever you are, please reach out to us because we learn from you and we hope that we can help uh, individuals that are dealing with this issue. And I presume that you are also open to speak in places, even in workplaces, that they want to bring this kind of conversation of course, Anna, with, with pleasure. You know, we already do many talks um, with employers uh, and also with social groups. So, you know, charitable organizations, etc. Uh, and, you know, with no obligation for the app, we, we just want to raise awareness because this is a situation that is growing and the more prepared we are, the better we will pass through this phase. And a better future, I think we can create. That is the important thing here, that everybody's a winner. We'll win something on it. So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate. And I will make sure that I will put all these links in the show notes uh, of, the, of the Mindset Zone podcast episode. Thank you so much for having me, Anna. I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, I look forward to the next. Thank you for listening and remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world. <laughs>